you've done karaoke literally all over. What are some things that feel the same no matter where you go and what feels different? I think the camaraderie of singing a song as a group is something that's kind of universal. I think it's just part of human experience, really, that, you know, singing songs as a group that kind of takes us back maybe to some experience we've had throughout our history as people. And that's one of the most beautiful things about karaoke. Like, I do love giving a solo performance, but I really love when you sing a song and everybody starts getting involved. And that has happened in Noribong. It's happened at karaoke. Hello, and welcome back to The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly. It's the podcast that takes karaoke exactly as seriously as it should be taken. I'm your hopelessly romantic host, Adam Wainwright. And I guess that makes me your hopefully unromantic co-host, Ed Kennard. I like to think you're just as romantic as I am. I mean that in the our love for each other knows no bounds. This much is true, sir. Speaking of things that we love... I've missed you so much. I haven't really talked to you in almost a month. What's been going on? Well, the reason you haven't talked to me in a month is because I just did a long form improv show that I had been in rehearsals for, for about a month called Certified Organic. That is a take on a Herald for all you long form improv fans out there. Yes. And yes. And it was amazing. I really enjoyed it and and made a little improv joke right there because that's what we do we make a little little improv humor here <laughs> that is literally all i know about improv so from here on out i am useless you're not useless ed that is one of the beautiful things about improv you know what here's what surprised me about improv okay during rehearsal periods i had like three two or three bad rehearsals because i got it in my head because there is a crushing weight to not having restrictions and you don't have restrictions in improv. So when you can choose anything, it's tough to choose anything. Now you see why I try to script as much of this as possible. We know what we're talking about. We have things, you know, like we want to talk about that we want to hit and we work off of. But like when you start with a complete blank slate and you have nothing up there and there's no words and like somebody just says go. Like you, you start to like really get crushed by all the options out there. So I was amazed by it, but the show went really well. I had a great time. I learned a ton. I'd like to do it again at some point, but who knows when that will happen or if it will happen. So until then I have you, I have this podcast and that's enough for me. And you're always enough for me, Adam. And at least with karaoke, you do always have the words on the screen. This is true. I always have the words on the screen. Ed, where else could I potentially find some words if I wanted to show words on me? If you wanted to show words on you, we can talk about what I've done the entire time you were gone and left me miserable and alone. I finally put up our merch store on our website. So if you go to sungpoorly.com, there is a tab for merch, and we are putting new things out there as often as I remember to. Yeah, we have some great merch over on the site. We got t-shirts. We don't have mugs. They didn't look good. No, 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 no. We have mugs. We have better mugs. We got rid of the old ones. We got, we got rid of the bad mugs. I'm pretty sure the t-shirt I'm wearing right now is making me at least 2.4% sexier. So I'm up to at least a solid 20% sexy now. I had you at 3.17% sexier. 
So you're not giving yourself enough credit. Ed. You should definitely give yourself more credit with that. I think you just missed looking at me. I did miss looking at you. This is true. We got stickers, though. We got pins. So if you have a good pin collection, like we're talking about really affordable options out there to get your greatest song ever sung poorly merchandise. And it's a way you can thank us for putting together this karaoke podcast for the last year. Wow, it's been like a year already, Adam. It's It's been a year. Personally, Ed, I'm uh, partial to the song Strengths Friends Strangers t-shirt. I, I, I love that. The hipster t-shirt. I figured you would like that. The hipster t-shirt. That is exactly my jam. You know me way, way too well. And I'm certainly fond of, you know, having karaoke printed in both Japanese and Korean because... Today's all about the great places for karaoke. Ooh, tell me more, Ed. Well, our whole focus today is about great places to do karaoke and terrible places to do karaoke because Adam and I have been around and so has our guest. We're globetrotting karaoke enthusiasts and places are important. You want to know how important places are, Adam? How, how important are places, Ed? They're so important that today's karaoke bullpen trivia is focusing on songs about places. Oh, hell yeah. I've been everywhere, man. Let's do this. So here's what you'll get. Okay. Five trivia questions based on the episode's topic with varying degrees of difficulty. Each question is worth one point. So the top score for any rounds is five points, not six points, not 5.5 points, not 14 points. If you get stuck, you can ask for one hint per game. But hey, even if you get all of the questions wrong, you can still win by answering the impossible question. Get that one right, and you get all five points. But remember, Adam, even if you save your hint, there are no hints for the impossible bonus. That's fair. And I would just like to say, Ed, I think we all win just by getting to play the game. Absolutely. So, so every, everybody wins. Play along at home, folks, because everybody loves trivia. Because you're going to do better than me. So this is going to, yeah, no, it's probably, that's probably true. Ed, do you know what I love most about like our, our little back and forth challenge right now is that normally there's some kind of audio stinger beforehand. Do you have something for today? Adam, I will never let you down. Now on the greatest song ever sung poorly, I'll challenge Adam with places and songs. That was beautiful, Ed. I love that you pulled a Johnny Cash song, too. It's it's not a Johnny Cash song. Oh, that's song. not a Johnny Cash song, so I'm starting trivia real bad. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's on my... It's El Paso's the name of the song. That is correct. It's Marty Robbins. Marty Robbins. So, you know the drill, Adam. Are you ready to play? I'm more than ready, Ed. I've never been so ready for anything in my entire life. Fantastic. Let's see if we can narrow the gap here somewhat. Question one. Sir Mix-a-Lot has a song called Jump On It where he shouts out a bunch of places across the country and condenses all of Ohio into one line, which is fair. His song is a loose cover of an early hip-hop song called Apache, which also had a heavy sample of the Incredible Bongo Band's cover of Apache. Which early rap group did that song? I'm going to get this backwards and it's going to kill me. Apache had to be Grandmaster Flash, right? Oh, Adam, no, that was the Sugar Hill Gang. I thought it was Sugar I had Sugar Hill Gang and... Oh, see, now I'm, I had Sugar Hill Gang and the Grandmaster Flash. I thought it was, okay, yep, we're moving on. Okay. I'm disappointed in myself. 
I mean, the hit for that one, I'm just going to tell you what the hit was, was going to be, if you had to use it, which I didn't think you would, was going to be, no. we do one of their songs at karaoke together regularly. No, I thought, <laughs> I know, I thought it was one of the two. Like, I don't know why I got so, like, backwards with, yeah. That's all right. Question two, we're going to be talking about Korea later, a place, to my knowledge, neither of us have spent any time in. My favorite K-pop band is Blackpink. They've collaborated with Selena Gomez, Cardi B, and this contemporary pop icon from New York, who also has collaborated with a, a wide range of artists, including Tony Bennett and Flo Rida. I have to give you the contemporary pop artist from New York. That is correct. There's only one I know, and that's Beyonce or Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, that's the final answer. Also, neither of those are from New York. Neither of them from New York? Oh, Adam. Contemporary pop. I don't know any contemporary pop stars. I mean, Ed. Beyonce has a song that starts out with my daddy, Alabama. Mama Louisiana. Like, <laughs> it was Lady Gaga. I thought she's from Pennsylvania originally. Well, that's Taylor Swift. Oh, we're we're starting off so great here today. Wait, 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 wait. She's not from New York City. She's from, like, the country in New York, right? Because she, like, didn't she start as a classical pianist? I don't think so. I think the first thing that I remember her on was a guest starring role on The Sopranos before she was famous. Lady Gaga? Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Question three. In 1991, Boys to Men dropped Motown Philly, a song inspired by two major sources of inspiration for the group, Motown and Philly Soul. It's pretty obvious where Philly Soul originated, but where is the original Motown sound from? It's from Detroit. Correct. I know, I know a little bit about Motown. Not a ton, but a little bit. I have a feeling that you're going to get this one Correct. Well, you got trouble, my friend, right here. I say trouble right here in River City. There's a lot of place references in The Music Man. In fact, two songs from the musical have place names in their titles. Name them both. Ooh. One is Gary, Indiana. It's not Louisiana, Paris, France, New York, or Rome. The other one, oh, man. In the titles? Of the songs. Oh, Jesus. You're making me run through like the entire musical in my head here. The second place is escaping me. You got Gary Indiana right. The other one was Iowa Stubborn. I haven't thought about that song in a long time. No, no, no. It's a deeper cut. That's a very, that's a much deeper cut. Yeah. I only remember Gary Indiana because Ron Howard was the original kid in the movie and would sing that with the list. Well, question five might be a redemption question because it's somebody that you know and love that we're about to talk about. No song is more place-driven than a song I know you love. I've Been Everywhere, as made famous by Johnny Cash, but written by an Australian country singer, Jeff Mack, and previously recorded by Hank Snow. Now, this is a hard one, as he names so many places. Multiple choice. Which of these places is not mentioned in the Johnny Cash version? Oh, fuck. Okay. Is it Hackensack, New Jersey, Laredo, Texas, Rexburg, Idaho, or Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm eliminating Shreveport. Shreveport's definitely mentioned in there. I think Hackensack is definitely mentioned. What were the other two? Laredo, Texas, and Rexburg, Idaho. I think it's Laredo, Texas isn't mentioned. You are correct, Adam. You got two points. Hey, there we go. But now you have a chance to get all five. Let's, let's do it. With the impossible bonus. So, the impossible bonus question is, George Strait accurately places Amarillo as being north of San Antonio, in Amarillo by morning, singing that it's up from San Antonio. How long would it take under average driving conditions to arrive in Amarillo at 8 a.m. 
from San Antonio, Texas. Under average driving conditions. <laughs> uh, um, it would take three hours and 47 minutes. You are nowhere in the ballpark. It is seven hours and 44 minutes. Fair enough. I'm Texas not sure. This is really big. I know. I've driven through Texas, but I just don't know where Amarillo. I've been in San Antonio. I didn't know where Amarillo was in relationship. Yeah. Okay. In all fairness, neither did I until I looked it up. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. I just threw a number. But Adam, you, you got two points. That's much less than I should have. But it's more than you thought you were going to get at first. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> I'm kicking myself over Apache. That's that was, that's the one that really got me right there. All the other ones I can live with. The Apache thing is killing me. Yeah, it's it, it's slightly shameful, but, you know, it's not as shameful as all the great karaoke places we haven't gotten to. I know we have so many we need to get to, Ed. We have so many. Let's talk about it. Now, I was correct earlier. You you have not done any Korean Norabong, right? No, I haven't done any Norabong. Um, I, I, when I was in the Navy, I spent some time outside of Korea, but never actually got to go inland into uh, the mainland of Korea. So I've never done some Norabong. The only thing I know about the Norabong is what our guest Jennifer tells us later. But what about some of the other places that you went while you were over there, Adam? Because you spent a good time in the Asian area. Oh, I sure did. Yeah. Japan had a great karaoke scene, obviously. We've talked, I think, extensively about it. So I'm not going to dive into it anymore, where it's just a different experience, you know? It's a different culture. It's uh, something that's fundamentally built into the culture. And like, I look at it in the United States a lot of times with uh, certain scenes and just in general as like, it's almost like on the outskirts of culture that somebody's, everybody's familiar with, but it's not integrated into the culture. You know, it's like this very small little nugget within our culture, as opposed to being a central part of the social culture of the United States. In Japan, it's just part of the social culture. Like it's ingrained, it's built in, but it's also like, it's also weirdly sexist, just a little bit built in in Japan too, where it seems to be like when I say culture, it seems to be built into like specifically men in Japanese culture, where it holds like a significant importance and it seems to be integrated in there. Do you know what I'm saying, Ed? I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. I've never done karaoke in Japan myself, but I understand the kind of thing you're talking about. I'm not saying that women aren't allowed to do karaoke or anything like that. I'm just saying that there's a different level of importance that's placed with men in karaoke. Like everybody I talk to and the people that I experience, the people that would go and practice karaoke by themselves because they were having a meeting later or meeting with friends were always men. Like for some reason, like in Japanese culture, it just seemed like it was certain more. I'm not like I I'm not qualified to really dive into this. We should, if we have somebody out there that's experienced about this, that has like more insight than I do, I acknowledge that I am not the most qualified person to extensively talk about this. And I would invite them to come onto the show and talk to us a little bit more and either correct me or reinforce what my theory is. And that's nothing more than a theory based on my experiences and my experiences alone. Japan wasn't the only place in Asia that you did karaoke, right? No, actually, um, I did have the chance to do karaoke in the Philippines. And that's one of the places we've identified as like great markets for karaoke is the Philippines. I think everybody's sort of familiar with the popularity. And I got insight into the true popularity of karaoke when I was serving on a Navy ship. I served with a lot of people that were born and raised in the Philippines. And it seems like every Filipino home has a karaoke machine. And that just seems to be a fact. They actually, on the ship, we used to hold karaoke nights. That was initiated by somebody that was born and raised in the Philippines. It's an important part of their family. It's part part of the culture. So we used to bring it to everybody on the ship. I had a great time doing karaoke in the Philippines. I drank a lot. There's a Filipino drink called Mojo. 
And if you're listening to this and you know what Mojo is, please drop us a line somewhere so we can talk to somebody who knows about Mojo. But Mojo is like if you took a Long Island iced tea and cranked it up by like five. And my night started doing karaoke in the Philippines with me drinking most of a pitcher of this and then finishing with shots of tequila at the bar we were at in the Philippines doing karaoke that we weren't supposed to be at. But it was great. It, it reminded me a lot of Western karaoke and the fact that there was like an actual stage, like an elevated stage that you go on and you perform. So it was more like what you're used to, like what we're used to in the Western you know, world as far as what karaoke is. You get up there, you performed on a stage. I, I just remember everybody was very receptive. And we just had a we had a ball that night. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. At, at some point, I would like to to see it in the Philippines and Japan and Korea. My best friend growing up is Filipino, but karaoke really wasn't a thing in his household, to my knowledge, mm -hmm. that I saw personally. And I've only taken him to karaoke in Western Pennsylvania once when he came to visit. Well, you have to take him again then. If I can get him out this way again, yeah, absolutely. He's more likely to go to karaoke with you out where you live because he's much closer to where you are. That's fair. And ironically, I don't know much about the karaoke scene yet where I live. So we're, we're, I'm going to be learning from you because like, okay, look, let's just work down the list right now. We have a list, everybody of spots that we've identified as like great markets for karaoke. And this is an ever changing list. If you listen to this and you say, Hey, you missed blank. Let us know. Let us know why it's a great karaoke spot. Say you come and talk to us about the karaoke scene there. We'd love to hear from you. Hell, maybe we'll go down. I'm serious, Ed. I want to start like taking trips to these different scenes. And number one on, I think, both of our lists that we should, and I'm going to introduce this right here live with air quotes, because this is what I do. I do air quotes. So live on the greatest song ever sung poorly, I'm saying we should in 2022 plan a trip to Portland. Absolutely. I mean, I've only done karaoke out there once. It was back when I appeared on a reality TV show called Epic Inc. Getting a karaoke themed tattoo on my thigh from an artist who I actually went to high school with. That's how I got hooked up with that show. And I got to go to exactly one karaoke bar. And sadly, it was not Baby Ketten because Baby Ketten was still a mobile operation at that point and only had certain nights. And I, I honestly, I, I wish I remember the name of the bar, but it was a fantastic time. It was this little tiki bar that my friend took me to. And I saw some fantastic performances there. Songs you don't see sung everywhere. Some dude did a awesome grunge guttural version of Lord's Royals. Ooh. And that's a performance that has stuck in my head since that trip. I love that. I lo I'd love to experience that. And I'm serious. We should take a trip to Portland. We've had a couple guests that have come on and talked about their experiences in Portland. My overall opinion of the city of Portland is great, and I think I'd love it. And just based on the karaoke scene, we know people in Portland. We could hit up and like hit these spots we've talked about on the show in Portland. And I think that would be fucking awesome. Absolutely. I will. That That is a trip I will make with you in a heartbeat. We can write that off as a business expense, right? Because we're going out there for research for the podcast. I suppose technically we could. But do you know where else we have to do karaoke together that we haven't? There's lots of places, Ed. Where, but where specifically? Uh, it's where you are now. New York? New York City. Hell yeah! Come up to New York City anytime. Center of the universe. Center of the universe. The big orange. Times may be shitty, but they can't get worse. If we walk down this path, Ed... Don't start a road you're not willing to finish right now. I'm just happy that 
on a trip that you took there years before you moved there, I was able to get you to go to Winnie's, my all-time favorite New York karaoke spot. I, I mean, I loved Winnie's. That was one of my only experiences in New York. I've done karaoke a couple of different places in New York. Now, Winnie's is by far the most memorable. And when you went, it was at the old place, right? When it was still on Bayard. Yeah, it was still on Bayard. They still use the laser discs. Yep. You warned me it was going to skip and it 100%. I got to pick a Johnny Cash track because that's what I do in strange places. It's my my go to. And sure enough, skipped. But now those laser discs are chandeliers in their new spot, which I have to be there in person to see because I think that's just the coolest idea how they kept the old as they moved with the new. I think it's a great idea. I need to go. I where Where's the new spot at? I will have to look it up online and tell you. I'm, I'm looking up right now. This is the magic of podcasting, everybody. We have computers in front of us. I Not to give away all of our secrets. Winnie's Bar, it's a karaoke bar, 58 East Broadway. So if you want to check it out, go to 58 East Broadway. That looks like it's out of Lower Manhattan, Chinatown, Lower East Side area. I will be planning a trip down there at some point soon. And I have to admit, like, I do like a lot of the private room places. There's a whole bunch of hipster places in the Williamsburg area of Brooklyn that I've gone to that I don't remember because it was just me going with friends at the time. And it was before I was a diehard karaoke addict. But Winnie's will always have a special place in my heart. Listen, here's here's two things I'm going to propose, and this is going to turn into the episode of proposals. Number one is I definitely want to make a trip to the Lower East Side. Uh, Chinatown was where I actually I didn't. I Okay, so back in the year of our Lord, 2017, in December, I ended up going to Chinatown late at night with my friend Pete, and we decided we we're going to find karaoke. We found a karaoke spot that had private rooms, but it had a bar outside the private rooms where the public karaoke place got packed and it was a fucking blast down in Chinatown. We stayed out until God knows how early in the morning. But what I want to propose is like, I've never been to Brooklyn for karaoke. I want to send an invite out to the Friday night karaoke crew and say, we need to plan a trip to Brooklyn to do some karaoke. Ed, would you come to Brooklyn and do karaoke with those guys? I would love to do karaoke with you, Joe and Mike. I think they're more Manhattanites when it comes to karaoke, but absolutely. Wherever the three of you beautiful men are, I will be there. I'm saying that if the four of us got together to do karaoke, we would make people shit themselves. I might never come home. I know. We, we It would be just a beautiful thing. It would be... It would I, Man, we need to make that happen. Okay. Okay, but we have more places we need to talk about. One that I... Well, I haven't experienced as thorough as you have is the Florida karaoke scene. And you would hit us with, what's what's going on in Florida? Why is it so great? Here's the thing that makes Florida so magical and also so horrifying. So I used to spend a lot of time in Florida for work. I was flying there almost every month, spending a week, sometimes three weeks because of my job. Florida, and this is taking into account anything not related to the stuff happening in the world now, but Florida has just a different thing to it. Half of the year, it's full of snowbirds, and they come down from the north, and 90% of them are really shitty drivers. And driving in Florida in any month that it's cold up here and warm down there really sucks. But one of the things that they do bring when they come, because it's not all, like, septuagenarians. There's people in our age range and younger who are also down there during the winter months. It brings so many different voices to a bar that I can't remember any time except for the one time that I was at Winnie's in New York when a bunch of people came in after their shift on Broadway. 
I can't remember hearing as many good voices and as many varied voices as as I have traveling through Florida for work. And it was the first place that I was introduced with a very Western style front facing bar that had karaoke seven nights of the week without fail. And I just felt like I hit my happy place when I went down there for my first winter. It was significantly less happy when I was down there in summer because a, a lot of those voices were not there. And also it was ball dripping hot, but all up and down Florida, you just never know what you're going to get later this year. We are going to have somebody who's currently living down there on the show. And I can't wait to hear about karaoke in their part of Florida because karaoke is still open down there. They're still able to go pretty regularly. And I love seeing Lauren's tweets about the karaoke scene in Jacksonville. I can't wait to hear about that. Actually, I'm very excited. But a personal shout out to my one of my all time favorite karaoke bars, which is down in Cape Coral, Florida, Backstreet's Sports Bar. It is such a magical place. I mean, it's a dive bar that's relatively upscale, but still with dive bar prices. Karaoke is out on the patio every night. Usually the inside has either a sports game on or a band performing. And I mean, it's just my happy place. Like I, I miss being able to walk into Backstreet's especially on a Tuesday night when they have their two for one and sing all night. It's great. I'm sad. I never got to experience that with you, honestly. Like you talk a lot about your time in Florida and the karaoke experiences down there. And it just sounds like something that I would like really enjoy. And I'm looking forward to 2022 being kind of renewal, getting out to do more karaoke and being out and about and starting to discover the New York city scene just a little bit and just the scene in general. And I'm serious. Let's plan a trip to Portland. But I mean, we would be negligent and we'll wrap up here with two last thoughts. Okay. One, I just want to send a shout out to Kentucky, sort of. And I quantify Kentucky, sort of, because I lived in New Albany, Indiana, which is right across the border from Louisville, Kentucky. And when I moved down there, Ed was, this is the time back to the time I made Ed cry when I went away. So I moved there for about six months. And when I was down there, I had a great time. Uh, I found a karaoke spot Louisville that I really enjoyed. I remember like the first time I was in this spot, I sang Rent with some random person and I sang I'll Cover You. And that's like home run right off the bat, Kentucky. Well done. I've had some interesting stories that emerged from me trying to find karaoke in New Albany, Indiana. And I say sort of because I spent some time in Bowling Green, Kentucky, uh, which is a dry county couldn't find karaoke, but I found out there was karaoke happening in Tennessee just across the state line. So I drove from Bowling Green, Kentucky, crossed into Tennessee, had some drinks, did some karaoke, had a great time. So shout out to both Tennessee and Kentucky when it comes to the karaoke scene. I think what I've learned more than anything yet is that no matter where you are, you could find a good karaoke scene. This is true. I mean, who would have thought that we would have found so much great karaoke in Western Pennsylvania, of all places. It's all over the place in Western Pennsylvania. It's kind of nuts. Even being in New York City, I, I, I don't think I ever realized how good I had it in Western PA. And even since I moved away, I've, you know, I'm making friends with KJs and people that I know out there. Like, I'm seeing new spots emerge as, like, they have karaoke every night. My parents like to tell me the places that they go to. Like, oh, yeah, they started doing karaoke on Thursday nights now. It, it's just wild in that this entertainment's crept up and it's continues to be a source of entertainment when you're at the bar or just a lifestyle that happens to be at a bar. If we're talking about our individual circumstances, right? I mean, we take it a little bit past 
what the average karaoke lover does. I mean, we started a podcast about it. We do? Ed, tell me more. We we take it further than the average person does? What? I don't I know, know what it, you're talking about. I just find that as a failing of the average person, that they don't love this as much as we do. You're not going to get any dissent from me. That's 100% sure. So just to summarize, we talked about a little bit about Korea, the Philippines, Portland, New York, Florida, Western PA, Kentucky slash Tennessee, and just anywhere. If you if we missed anything in this, we sincerely, I'm not bullshitting. This isn't some shit that we say. Like, we want to know if we missed a good karaoke scene out there. Send us an email, sunpoorly at gmail.com. Tweet us at sunpoorly. Like, leave a negative review somewhere where, like, saying these people like they don't know about the karaoke scene in Topeka, Kansas. I'm like, we'll talk about it. We'd love to talk to you. If you're passionate about it, we want to talk to people that are passionate about karaoke. that love karaoke. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we screwed up. We'd love hearing that shit too. Right, Ed? Absolutely. But you know what else I would love to hear right now? Probably somebody else other than our own voices. Absolutely. So I think you know what time it is. And I think I know what time it is. Oh yeah. It's time to... Cue that fucking guitar. Hell yeah. If there's one thing Ed loves almost as much as karaoke, it's rom-coms. Now, that's not a joke. He really and truly loves them. Through that love, he found a podcast called Every Rom-Com, where Jennifer Howland friends take deep dives into romantic comedies from all eras of cinema. Today, we have Jennifer on the show as she has also taken deep dives into karaoke in two great karaoke areas, Korea and Portland, Oregon. Jennifer, welcome to The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. When I found out about your podcast about karaoke, I was like, oh my God, this is the podcast for me. Like, I just love it so much. So thanks. That's amazing. We're so excited to have you here. We love, I love when like two podcasts come together in perfect <laughs> harmony. You know what I'm saying, Ed? <laughs> I do know what you're saying, Adam. So Jennifer, your karaoke history covers a big expanse of time and space. You told us before you got your start with karaoke in college in Massachusetts in the 90s. What was your first time with it like? So the first time I went to karaoke was a queer karaoke event at University of Massachusetts Amherst. My friend and I, we'd go to like all these free events on campuses and they were having karaoke. We're like, why not? And it was really fun. But we chose really poorly for a couple of songs. We tried to do Prince right out the gate. You don't want to do that right away. But then I did a version of Like a Virgin where I did, I don't know if you've seen the MTV Music Awards version where she writhes around on the floor. Like, anyway, I did Like a Virgin and I did that dance. And while I was doing that, apparently my friend Sybil, a girl came up to her and said, you're one lucky girl. <laughs> and she assumed because we were queer karaoke that we were dating. And I think that's when the whole showboat aspect of karaoke was born for me. I was like, wow, if I could do an, a performance that would impress somebody that much, that's how, that's awesome. That's my favorite part of karaoke. <laughs> that's for sure. 100%. Ed and I have been known to lean into that every now and then too. So you really developed your love of karaoke in what we consider one of the all-time great karaoke cities, Portland, Oregon. What was it about the Portland's karaoke scene that made you fall in love with karaoke? Oh my gosh. Well, I actually have to give an ex-boyfriend of mine, Tim, like credit for getting me back into karaoke because I had not been to karaoke in Portland until he took me out once to go to the Ambassador uh, Restaurant and Lounge. And it's in the Hollywood District of Portland. 
And like almost immediately, it was just a great fit. Uh, so much fun. Like they have food there, but they also have like dedicated karaoke stages. So it's not just like some kind of cheap setup. It's like really professional equipment. They had laser disc videos. They had the friendliest KJs you can ever imagine. And just the people who came to sing there were like a lot of times really into singing. And we would go on a weeknight too. So it wouldn't be like way too crowded. And eventually, like, I got all my roommates and our friends all kind of formed this dedicated group of karaoke singers. And we go every Thursday night. Shout out to Coral, April, Nicole, Tim. And honestly, those are some of the best memories of my life. I, I wish I had, I appreciated it then, but I wish I'd appreciated it even more. It almost hurts to think about how cool it was to have a group of friends. You go every week, you practice your songs, you, you like support each other. And then you'd meet the other groups of weird karaoke friends, or you'd meet like the 20th reunion of these like 40 year old friends, like that were having a wild time, or you, you know, just the random people you'd see at karaoke. You just doubly took me down memory lane because that's how our group, when we both lived in the same area, used to be. But you also brought up the laser discs with the videos. And I get <laughs> so nostalgic for those pioneer laser discs with the plot that might resemble the song and also might involve a little person. <laughs> riding a pony and trying to lasso an alligator, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they still have them at the ambassador, but like the KJ would sometimes make me sing a song just because there was a weird doll video that went with it where like Barbie dolls were making out and stuff. And I was the only one who ever sang that song. So she'd make me sing it all the time just so we could watch the weird video. And then like, so later you took that love of karaoke with you when you went to Korea. Yeah. What brought you to Korea and what was your first taste of Norabong like? So I ended up going to Korea because my then boyfriend and eventually husband went over there to teach English. And so we were having a long distance relationship. And so first I went to visit him and I went out to Noribong with his friends and we were up until like three or four in the morning. It was awesome. That's one of the great things about Noribong as opposed to karaoke is like the bar doesn't close and Noribong stays open. It's like sometimes like a 24 seven thing over there. And it's very different. Like there's some things I like more about karaoke. Like, you know, you have the stage and like more of it's more of a performance. It's kind of more random who's there. But something I like about Noribong is you can experiment more. You can sing weirder songs and like you don't have to feel quite as worried that you're going to ruin the evening for an entire bar. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that was that was the experience I had. I, I was stationed in Japan with the Navy for about three years. So my experience with karaoke in Japan was very similar where, you know, you, you don't feel like it. There's not a really a performative aspect i mean i was in situations where it turned into a performative thing in a non-performative environment because that's just how the yeah. evening evolved evolved it all depends on what lens you're looking at it so yeah it, it's always really really interesting to me like hearing people have you know done karaoke in the, that that kind of area of the world so when you were in korea uh, did you mostly go with the people you were working with or did you make friends with the locals who were into it at first i did go with my work friends i ended up forming a theater group called shakespeare in busan and all those theater group people ended up being big noribong people so we'd all go to noribong together and one of the things that worked for me well about that was like, I don't really drink much. So like, and they didn't really drink much. And so it was one way you could socialize and have fun late at night that didn't involve a bar. That sounds like exactly my thing, which is why you saw me like, just kind of <laughs> like, uh, I, you instantly struck a chord when you said that. Okay. So what's the story you got? Tell me, tell me the funny story about this. Do you remember? When I was working at my first job in Korea at an academy, an after school academy, um, I went with the teachers at my school and 
they were really impressed by my singing for some reason. Like maybe I was a better singer then. I don't know. But I sang Love of My Life by Queen, I think is the one that got them. Then when it came time for her to get married, one of my coworkers at this school was like, will you sing at my wedding? You're such a good singer. And I'm like, well, you know, sure. But the first song she wanted me to sing was like Loving You by Minnie Ripperton. You know, the ones like Loving You. I cannot sing that. That's not my range. So I had to very carefully guide her towards songs I could sing. So I have officially sung My Heart Will Go On at a Korean wedding, which was a trip. Because when you're singing over there, people will kind of do this like slow arrhythmic clapping, which is kind of the polite way to show that they're enjoying your music. It was it was amazing, to be honest. It was fun. And you just touched on something that you had told me prior to coming on the show. You don't really drink at all while doing karaoke. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. I have like people who are in my family, like not my immediate family, but my family history who have had alcohol problems. So I never really got into it. I'm just wondering what that experience is like, because I mean, at the very least, Adam and I usually do start nights sober. And I know a lot of people find that intimidating. Did you find that intimidating at first? I think just because I never really started drinking, like I kind of trained and also I was like bullied a lot when I was a kid. So I already dealt with like the the worst of like people picking on me that I'd probably ever get in middle school. Right. So by the time I was 18, 19, 20, I was pretty tough. Right. So like I don't have a problem with the risk of embarrassing myself, really. I don't have like a ton of inhibitions. So I think it's been easier for me than for some people to just like put it out there. And I also my family when I was young, everyone's saying Like, it was just like they sang me to sleep. They sang along to music in the car, just sang little bits of song, made up songs. So I've always been singing, you know, as part of my life, I guess, growing up. I guess that's not true for everybody's family. Yeah, it it always varies a little bit. And I I tell you what, like, what you said really resonated with me. Like, I feel like I, like, I was also picked on a lot when I was in, you know, middle school and high school and stuff like that. And it's funny how you kind of just, when you've been through that kind of hell and come out the other side, it's just funny that those things don't matter anymore about getting up in front of people and potentially, you know, embarrassing yourself. That's not scary anymore. You've been through this experience and you've taken and learned from it. Okay. So you've done karaoke literally all over. What are some things that feel the same no matter where you go and what feels different? I think the camaraderie of singing a song as a group is something that's kind of universal. Like, I think it's just part of human experience really that you know, singing songs as a group that kind of takes us back maybe to some experience we've had throughout our history as people. And that's one of the most beautiful things about karaoke. Like I do love giving a solo performance, but I really love when you sing a song and everybody starts getting involved. And that has happened in Noribong. It's happened at karaoke. I mean, the only place that doesn't happen is if you go in Korea, they have these little arcade Noribongs with like one person. Can't really happen there. But other, other than that, yeah. Oh, and what's different? So what's different in Korea, I think, is the just the amount of how ubiquitous it is in the culture, like similar to Japan, and also how many different venues you can sing karaoke in. So it's not just like a noribong, like the singing room, but there's also the arcade noribong, which you go to an arcade there. And there's these, I don't know if they had this in Japan, but there are these little booths and there's just like a machine and you can put like the equivalent of 50 cents into that machine and just like have your little microphone and songbook and sing the song. Like maybe fits four people at most if you're trying to get that in there. So I, I used to do that all the time because it'd be open all night and I didn't need other people to come with me. And it's a good place to practice your songs. You can sing on a train. At least when I was there, you could. I don't know if they have those anymore. I was saying like, I, I was such a nerd. Like I got to sing Last Train to London by ELO. 
while I was on a train watching the scenery go by. That ruled. And some hotels will have them, like Noribong in the hotel. And like, uh, and, th- and then there's like weird stuff too. Like my favorite Noribong ever in Korea, it's not there anymore. Sadly, it was in this neighborhood called Kyungsungdae in Busan. And they had like stripper poles in all the rooms. <laughs> like, and people would use them too. And they also had giant teddy bears. So giant teddy bears and stripper poles. It wasn't like a sex noribong or anything. It wasn't like a place where sex workers went. It was just a normal noribong. And we had the best Christmas like ever there once. Um, is this a good place to tell a story? Like, I don't know. This I don't is want... a great place to tell the story. <laughs> so we once had a Christmas night there where my friend and Brittany and I were kind of like swinging around the stripper pole. We weren't doing anything too extreme, but like it, it had a window that faced the street and like everyone's out on Christmas in Korea. It's kind of a date holiday and it's a student neighborhood. So these students like saw us like in the window and they waved at us and they kind of made a gesture indicating they wanted to come up. And so we're like, sure. <laughs> Next thing we knew, these like two Korean guys had like run up into our Noribong and it was like a bunch of us. It wasn't just two girls or anything. And they came in, they didn't have much English and we didn't have much Korean, but they just put in a bad romance into the, into the machine. And then they proceeded to give their performance a bad romance with choreography. And it, it culminated in one of the guys accidentally kicking the other guy in the nose, but they just kept going. <laughs> like they kept singing the whole song. And then we all clapped, we're all excited. And then they just left. Like that was, that was one of the best Christmases I've ever had. Like, I don't know how you beat that. I don't know how you beat that either. That's, that's a truly unique, special experience. And God, I love those moments. I love hearing about those moments. I really do. It's a shame that those moments are becoming, you know, fewer and farther between because the pandemic has made karaoke a much less public thing. Mm-hmm. How have you kept yourself singing throughout these past years? You know, I haven't as much as I want to, like actually listening to your podcast has inspired me to start breaking out. I got like one of those like singing machine kind of karaoke machine things. I don't know if that's the actual brand I got, but like just, you know, one of those cheap ones. And so I've started using that. We actually had an outdoor 4th of July party this year and we put it out since it's 4th of July and we figured we can make noise because everyone else is going to put their fireworks up. We just put the karaoke machine out there and we were just like singing random songs in the driveway. We did get a couple weird looks, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I just want to say a nice thing. I definitely like have been singing more because of your podcast. Like every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, you know, Jennifer, you should just get your machine out and just sing a few songs. That's so nice. Yeah, we're we're glad to ins- we're inspiring you to sing a little bit. And you know what? Your podcast has us thinking too. Okay, because it obviously covers romantic comedies, but there are a lot of karaoke scenes in romantic comedies. There's Lost in Translation, which you cover in episode 13. But there's also When Harry Met Sally, A Life Less Ordinary, My Best Friend's Wedding, British Jones Diary, 500 Days of Summer, P.S. I Love You, Up in the Air, just the name of few. What's your favorite karaoke scene in a movie? Wow, that is like an impressive list. I actually don't, I haven't actually tried to pay attention to like um, favorite karaoke scenes in a movie yet. I really like the one they had in Shang-Chi recently. I think I've seen you guys post about that as well. <laughs> that was awesome. The ones you mentioned though, I really, I do like My Best Friend's Wedding. What I like about My Best Friend's Wedding actually is the the scene where everybody starts singing at the table actually for Say a Little Prayer, like even more than the karaoke scene. Cause like to me, it's still, it's like singing in movies. But I love the movie duets too, just because of karaoke. For it's it's not a great movie, but for the sake of karaoke, I'm I'm down with that. The whole movie. Since you have a movie podcast, I don't mind talking about duets for a while here because I do love the movie. Do you know how unhinged that movie was originally supposed to be? 
No. The weird plot between Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow, his daughter, from what I understand, was originally written as a romance. All right. But she was still his daughter. <laughs> oh, man. The creepiness in that cruising scene, that I think was part of it much earlier. But I mean, I love that movie. It's, it's, it's my favorite karaoke movie. It's a very short list to choose from. But yeah, I do have a very big soft spot for duets in my heart. There needs to be more karaoke movies. I think it's a, a missed opportunity, really. There's a lot of love happening at karaoke bars. It is. There is. We love to advise on a karaoke movie. If you're a screenwriter out there, we'd <laughs> love to advise on it. Bring us on board. We'll give you our two cents and make sure we're doing the accurate thing there. Just because I want to get my two cents in real quick. PSI Love You, the scene in the bar, fairy tale of New York. Man, that scene gets me every single time. That's all the questions we had. Jennifer, you were awesome. But now we got to play a game together. Are you okay? If we, would you like to play? Hit me with your best shot with us. Our quick fire karaoke. Give us your best answer game. Definitely. I'm all, I'm all in. Yes. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to give you five quick fire air quotes question. And you just give us the best response to the, off the top of your head. Uh, I mean, it doesn't, you know, we don't have to quantify. You don't have to explain <laughs> anything. You don't owe nobody nothing. You just give us the best answer that you got because it's only fair. At the end, we're going to give you the opportunity to fire away where you'll be able to ask Ed and I any one question, uh, karaoke related or otherwise, and we solemnly swear that we will answer honestly. So Jennifer, are you ready to play? Hit me with your best shot. Yeah, let's go. Other than the two gentlemen or people that joined you to sing Lady Gaga's Bad Romance, what is the best thing you've seen at karaoke? So I'm every time I listen to your podcast, I think about this and um, God, like, this is okay. This is going to sound really vain because I was involved in this. Okay. <laughs> like, the best thing I've ever seen at karaoke was the KJ at the Ambassador Wolf makes his own karaoke tracks. And he, make, he made one for Suddenly from Xanadu, which is not many people have heard that song, but I love Olivia Newton John. And I got to sing a duet with him to that once. And just the experience of watching him sing his part and singing my part, it felt like I was like flying. It was such a beautiful experience because it's not a song you can usually sing. And he is such a good singer. And he's still at the Ambassador, to the best of my knowledge, as a KJ. So if you're in the Portland area, definitely check out the Ambassador. He's a great guy. Fantastic. We absolutely will. What is the worst thing you've seen in karaoke? This is easy. <laughs> At the same stripper Paul Noribong, one night after a spoken word night in Busan, South Korea, uh, a random woman that none of my friends knew came with us to karaoke. And, and as you just let people come to the Noribong with you. It's just how you are, right? But she was very, very drunk and be becoming progressively drunker. And she played Purple Rain. And then she proceeded to give one of the guys who was with us an unwanted lap dance while trying to sing up Purple Rain. She was somehow both off key and off rhythm at the same time. And meanwhile, we're trying to push her off of this guy who doesn't want, you know, a lap dance. And, and, she, and she stayed with us then still. I actually had to hide the second microphone in the Noribong, like under a pillow, because she, she would be on everyone's song. And she'd be like, ah, like that. Like it was, it was wild. So that was the worst thing I, I've ever seen and probably ever will see. Yeah. Let's hope so. Let's hope that's the worst thing you ever see at karaoke. So what's the one song you would love to do at karaoke that you just never been able to find? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I think probably Ani DeFranco in general. Like I don't have never seen Ani DeFranco in a karaoke place. And 
untouchable face would be awesome to do. I think shameless, like a lot of her stuff I would love to do. I can tell you a lot of those earlier pre Little Plastic Castle songs are available on Smule. Smule? I've never looked at Smule before. All right. Good tip. As you can tell, I'm a, I'm a big fan. So you're in a brand new place while traveling and you only have the chance to sing one song. What do you pick to make your mark? Okay, I'm, I'm totally cheating here because I would have to see what the crowd was like before I picked one song, okay? Like, I think Wannabe by the Spice Girls is an easy one for me because, like, I can do the rap part in the middle without missing a beat. And I think it's really good for audience participation because, like, tell you what I want, what I really want, and you give the mic to other people. I'll t so tell me what you want, what you really, really want. You can get people involved in that. But if it did look like a Spice Girls crowd, I might throw in some downtown Petula Clark or I might throw in, like, a... You know, I used to do a lot of Queen... After Bohemian Rhapsody, it's gotten a little ubiquitous. I used to do Don't Stop Me Now a lot. Good old fashioned lover boy is a good deep cut now. <laughs> Sorry, that really broke your rule of one. <laughs> no, that was a great answer. We love hearing. I, I love the fact that you quantified it too. And you're like, the first thing you said was, I need to see what the crowd's like. And that yeah. is the right answer. It's the mark of a true karaoke professional. That is. We know, you know, you're dealing with professional if that's the answer. <laughs> so, since you are clearly have now established, if you hadn't before, yourself as a karaoke professional and your karaoke professional opinion what is one song that should be struck from every karaoke playlist forever this is probably controversial because a lot of people love this but american pie i just cannot deal with it at all it's just too long too long like <laughs> bye bye miss american pie easy no that's a great answer 100 fantastic answer love it to death really do jennifer that was great like, I love that. Like, you established yourself as a karaoke professional. You told an interesting story. You gave us a, a unique song that definitely needs to go. I loved everything about that. And now that we've put you through the ringer and you've aced hit me with your best shot, you have a chance to fire away. So what one question do you have for Ed and I that we saw and we swear that we won't answer honestly? Well, you guys already brought up karaoke and rom-coms. So, like, I'm that was one of my ideas for a question. But, like, I want to know what is the weirdest song you have ever sung in karaoke or seen someone sing in karaoke? Ed, does anything pop into your head? So many things are popping into my head. I'm trying to narrow it down. Oh, I will kick this off. Something I've done. Our method of karaoke that we've, we've developed has led us down some interesting roads that we would not have traveled otherwise, we'll say. So while walking down this road, I have sung jesus take the wheel by carrie underwood it went about as well as you can imagine it would go <laughs> but gosh darn it i gave it my all i was up there and i tried to lower the key and there's certain carrie underwood songs you can't do that with that is not one of them just as a note <laughs> for all the people out there so yes i let jesus take the wheel and i let my carrie underwood impersonation just move the room i remember that night so after adam moved to new jersey uh and I was, I was desperate to get some thrill at karaoke without him being present. I just started letting the hosts at my regular bar pick songs for me. So more than just doing roulette, like they would put me in for songs that I had literally never heard. So the very first time that I heard Work Bitch by Britney Spears is when I did it. And I don't think I did too bad of a job at it. I'm sure it was inspiring. Ed. Absolutely. That is amazing. Yeah, both of those. <laughs> Jennifer, that was a great question. We definitely hadn't heard that one before, and you really made us think. We appreciate that. So now that you've aced Timmy with your best shot, you've had your chance to fire away. We're going to turn over our podcast to you. This is your podcast now. Talk about whatever you want. 
plug whatever you want. Tell people where they can find and follow you and what they can listen to and what you want the people to do. The floor is yours. We're just going to go away for as long as you'd like. Sure. So if you're interested, as Ed is, in romantic comedies, um, my podcast is Every Rom-Com. We're at everyromcom.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and other podcast sites. And we call ourselves the podcast where we have fun taking romantic comedies seriously. So we're not just giving commentary and humor. Like, it's really important to me that we research things about each movie so we can give you a little bit of behind the scenes stuff or making of stuff. Or actually, like we did, like, for example, an episode on Twister where we put tornado safety facts into the episode, too. So we'll research like little, you know, side pathways that have to do with the movie as well. So if you're like a a nerd like me who likes romantic comedies, I I think you might have fun listening to our podcast. And we'd love to hear what you think about the podcast. If you want to email us at feedback at everyromcom.com. Absolutely. I mean, I, I do genuinely love your show because it really speaks to me on so many levels. Jennifer. Thank you so much for coming on. We had a great time. We hope you had a great time, too. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome, both of you. And I'm going to say thank you one more time and leave you with the sentiment that we really hope to see you singing at a screen sometime soon. It's great to have our guests singing karaoke on the show again. Jennifer provided us with a recording of her version of A World Without Love, an odd choice for somebody who has a romantic comedy podcast but it still sounds fantastic.
Hey, you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you, you handsome so-and-so. Thank you for listening to our little slice of podcast heaven here. And if you really, really loved what you heard, we invite you, yes, you, to leave a review at your favorite podcast site. Just put some stars next to it. Click, click, click. It takes like two seconds. Click, leave some stars. Send us an email, sungpoorly at gmail.com. That's the spot. Visit us at sungpoorly.com. Get your merchandise. We're going to be trying to add some new stuff as it comes up to, you know, we get a little design action going in there, but the stuff that's there, it's great. Swing by, grab your stuff today. Don't be the last person on your block to own a Sung Poorly t-shirt. Right, Ed? Absolutely. And if there's somebody that you want to see model that, it might be Ben Dumb, our rock star friend who has provided us with our theme song for this show, Gasoline. Make sure that you check out his latest project, The Ben Dumb 3, on the music platform over your choice. Or, you know, any of his older stuff. The Marauders, Ben Dumb and the Deviants. That man makes a ton of music. Do you think we'll have to pay Ben Dumb to wear our t-shirt? Or do you think he'd do it willingly? We're already using his song. I feel like if he's going to wear our t-shirt, we're going to have to pay him. At the very least, I'm sure he'd wear it on Laundry Day. Laundry Day. If you see Ben Dumb on Laundry Day, he's going to be in a greatest song ever sung. Poorly t-shirt. You heard it here first. Ed's like, we can't make that guarantee. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. I feel you, Ed, but I'm going to say it anyway. And guess what, everybody? We will be back in two weeks with more of that sweet, sweet karaoke content you come here for. But that's it. That's all there is. No more. So until next time, I'm Adam Wainwright. I'm Ed Kennard. And remember that singing off key is still technically singing. And I'm going to give myself a little bit more whiskey because I'm going through it. I'm going to join you, Ed. We're a unified team here. If you're going to drink some whiskey, I'll drink some whiskey tonight, too. I bought some Bushmills, so. I don't, I don't want us to get too drunk, though. I'm not going to get too drunk. It's a whiskey. <laughs>